Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Fashion Grunge Podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Jules. Hey! Oh my gosh, we're doing a really, well, it's a fun and a quirky and a kind of dark comedy, which is why I wanted to do it with you, Jules. Because <laughs> I feel like you like the, you know... I'm the queen of uh, of the quirk, you know? So... Yeah. Uh, anything anything that's like kind of dark but kind of quirky is uh, is my jam. So I was I was happy that you um asked me to do it. And we also talked about this movie when we did Ghost World. So I'm I'm excited that we're finally doing say. it. <laughs> yes, welcome to the dollhouse. We are finally getting to Welcome to the Dollhouse from 95. Um let's see. First, I just have a note that I never talk about any housekeeping with the pod in the beginning. So join the Patreon because we're less than a minute in and now I can get it in instead of doing it at the very end, which I'm sure no one hears. So yeah, join the Patreon. There's like 75 episodes up there now. There's a ton of shit. It's five bucks a month. The link's in the bio. Blah, blah. Join it. Support. It is worth it. Like honestly, some of of the best episodes are on the Patreon. So get on it. really are. Spice World um we got to do josie and the pussycats oh, yes. talking about how they're two different versions of wait, it Wait, what and i was like yeah i was like wait what yeah they were like i think they're two different versions because they were watching one on hulu and they said uh i think this is different than the one that i saw a long time ago there was like a then they looked it up they're like yeah there was a family version and then there was like another version so i was like well I hopefully I'm going to find the original version. I have not seen it in literally years. So that's one we're going to do for the Patreon. So stay tuned yes. for that. But yeah, I had no idea. I had absolutely no idea. That's crazy. It. Yeah, it's so fucking crazy. But let's get into Welcome to the Dollhouse. This is directed by Todd, what is it, Solons, I guess you could say. Written and directed and produced by. Kind of strange that it's a guy. Yeah. Who uh, wrote this and directed it, which is kind of weird. Premiered May 24th, 1996, although it was, I think, at a film festival in 95. So that's why it has, like, the 95 year. But I guess it came out here in 96. So what are your first impressions? Did you ever heard about this movie? Like, is it talked about? So, like every other, like, 90s, like, quirky indie movie, um, I heard about it through tumblr and like i would see like little like screenshots of it um and i always was like oh this is interesting but like never um never like followed through to like see what the movie was and then you told me about it Mm -hmm. and i was like oh yeah like i think i've seen like little screenshots of it um but i was really going into it completely blind oh wow cool Um, but this movie is i like loved it but I also always get so weirded out by these, like, um, like she's in seventh grade. <laughs> yeah, that's a really that's so, specific time. Yeah, it's very specific. Like, that's, like, a cringy time, too. And, like, everything mm-hmm. feels uncomfortable and awkward. Um, but, yeah, this was really my first, like, I, I was really going into it blind. And I'm, I'm kind of glad I went into it that way because it I was able to just kind of, like, take everything in. What, what about you? Oh my gosh. I mean, I think I rented this movie in, I was in high school, so probably a few years after this came out. But yeah, I mean, I think I had seen the cover and the cover is very specific. This is also on HBO Max right now, by the way, too, if you want to watch it. And it's it's available to be rented, too. It's not like super hard to find. But there's a really specific cover and it's a red background and it's uh, Dawn in this like amazing 80s 90s type outfit um which is the one at the anniversary party which we see later and i think that image i think i just saw the cover of the Mm. video and i was like this looks cool like welcome to the dollhouse cool it's like this young girl like i'll watch this and then i was just i mean back in the day i feel like i mean this whole movie is like a massive trigger if you've been bullied and like a assaulted or even threatened to be assaulted and the fact that in the 90s we found this okay or not okay but like to have a 12 year I think Heather Matazaro who's uh Dawn the main character who's amazing she I think was like 12 or 13 when this was filmed 
even to have an actor say those lines and to have the other actor, you know, even being in the scene, I feel the same way when I watch law and order SVU and there are like episodes about like kids being molested. I was like, how do you have your kid? Yeah. Like, acting this out and saying what this person did to them. Like that must be so traumatizing. And also this story is like, she's kind of told from the very beginning that she's ugly. Like that's, that's like her thing. And even the actress said that like that really put, did a fucking number on her because of course it does. You're known for being like playing this ugly girl. And that's kind of how she's been in different roles since. Like, she's always kind of been cast as that girl. Yeah. And it's it's rough. Like, I, I it's just, it's kind of crazy that we found this okay. I also read in, like, one article that there was an even darker version of this. Oh, my God. And I was like, what? And, and the director was like, I'm not going to publicize the other drafts and stuff. I was like, I think one of the things is that... Um, when she's threatened to be assaulted it, in the other story, she actually is. Uh, and I was like, Oh my God. Like, no, geez. it's bad enough that like that you even had this guy like threatening her and like telling her and she's just kind of like, okay, like it, it just, that part was super uncomfortable. There's so many bits that are really uncomfortable. Like, but I mean, it, it's also hard to go back and watch things with that, 2022 lens yes because it's like such a different i mean this is like 30 years almost you know it's like it's a big difference we've come a long way but this is still one of the earliest kind of films that was like this that was dark and funny we just didn't have stuff like this it was always just i don't know just we just didn't have anything like this before so i mean it definitely paved the way but i i don't really remember it when i first saw it and as i was watching it i was like I remember uh, like certain aspects of it, and then I but then I didn't remember the really funny parts. I think I only remember the really like sketchy parts. Yeah. So I'm glad there was some like funny bits. I didn't even remember Eric Mabius being in it um, from Ugly Betty. Yes. <laughs> and also Cruel Intentions. Like I didn't remember that whole thing with the brothers' band, which was like good and lighthearted and fun, and like her parents and like her fucking sister, like just all like the weird stuff that happens, but. But yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I'm glad we're getting to it. I hope other people watch it because this is like one of the great like 90s indie films. And I feel like if you like this podcast, you're probably going to like this movie. It was, yeah, it was, it was definitely like when I watched it, it almost felt like it was like a a true precursor to the whole like boom of the the indie quirk like Juno like in like 2006 7 or like mm-hmm. what you know Napoleon Dynamite like obviously this is a uh-huh. little darker but like just like the the underdog character you know just zooming in on their life and um I, I really liked it I I like was very like triggered by this movie in the way that and like I hate even using that word <laughs> Because it's like so mm-hmm. Yeah, over, there's no other It's word. so overused, but like that's what it is. The opening scene. Um and like uh, just spoiler alert, if anyone ha- hopefully everyone has seen this. Yeah, but, yeah, you probably watched. Yeah, but it's uh that opening cafeteria scene, I was triggered to know and because I was like, that was literally me. <laughs> yep, totally. Se- seventh grade, I was like Lit, like I was so hated by my peers like and for no reason I just you know just yeah, people just didn't like me I wasn't cool and um yeah and this was I was like wow someone was recording me the whole time <laughs> I know that's how I felt I definitely felt that because a lot of these outfits which I have to say are fucking stellar I mean this is like this is a fashion movie I feel like a lot of people might not think that when you think of the movie but I thought that everything that Dawn wears was just so spot on, especially to like what I was wearing. Totally. I agree. I agree. I, I can't wait to talk about the clothes because I know we were talking about this when we were watching it last night, but, um, I totally agree. This is a fashion movie. And honestly, like some of the outfits that she wore in this, I would wear today. (laughs) Yeah, they were cute. They were so cool. Like, I definitely have to say that, I think the the director said that he wrote this script in, like, 88. I was thinking that it was more 80s. 
Like, it felt more of, like, a late 80s movie than, like, a mid-90s movie just because the clothes were a little bit different totally. by that point. And the way the mom dressed and the way the brother and the way that um, Steve Steve Rogers, who's uh, Captain America's real name, which I felt thought really <laughs> funny that his name was Steve Rogers. But, um, like, he dresses really 70s. And I was like, he wouldn't dress this 70s in, like, 95. Like, it would have to be, like, 80s. Like, this would have to mm-hmm. be, like, a late 80s movie. So I feel like that's what it was like. But I also really... I think I need to do a Patreon episode, like, at some point on just the ins and outs of, like, cafeteria scenes in movies. <gasps> oh like, my God. they al- always... And then we have to, like, pick up, like, a few movies to, like, dissect each scene because there's always this crazy... like. Everything happens in the cafeteria. I mean, socially things happen. That's where you see hierarchies of like where you're sitting, who you're sitting with, what you're eating. Um, even Freaks and Geeks, another show that I fucking love. And if I feel like if you like Freaks and Geeks, you'll probably like this because it's like a dark, um, you know, take on high school. But even in that film, in the, in that show, they're in the cafeteria quite a lot. My so-called life in the pilot. They have a, a scene where uh, Angela, you know, Claire Dane, she like goes into the cafeteria and then she goes, cafeteria is the embarrassment capital of the world. <laughs> <laughs> she like walks in with her tray and she looks around and then you see everyone just kind of like going to different scenes. Like even in Mean Girls, yes. you see the clicks, disturbing behavior, you see the like the cafeteria is really the hub. It's like where it all really happens. So yeah, I feel like there needs to be some kind of like deep dive into like all the different ways that they show the cafeterias and stuff. But yeah, that that early scene. (laughs) I love that idea. And I, I want to be a part of that episode because that sounds amazing. Cause it's so true. That's going to be like, yeah, I'm going to put it down. Yeah. So true. Well, if yeah, it's crazy. When you think about the cafeteria that like, that is the like most American coming of age place of like, where do I belong? (laughs) Like that, that's Mm -hmm. the setting of where do I belong? (laughs) And this poor yeah, girl. Totally. I, I've I've been there where it's like, where the hell do I sit? I ha- I have no place to I sit. <laughs> I can't balance a tray even now. I think it comes from like residual trauma of being young and like trying to balance the drink, like the milk oh on the top, God. like right part of the tray. Even now when I have to carry a tray, I get like really nervous that I'm gonna like flip it over and then everything spills and then everyone starts clapping. You know, like, shit like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, there's just so many aspects of this that was so true. And, I mean, it's kind of, like, it's triggering, but it's kind of like, this is what happens. It. I mean, I like that it's not, you know, like, a fairy tale. Like, yeah. this kind of is a lot of kids' experiences. So, instead of trying to mask it as, like, Mean Girls, where it's, like, funny, but it kind of has that lightness... I mean, this is kind of another aspect of, like, reality, heightened reality, but, totally. you know, like, this is kind of true, yeah. Um, let's see, so our cast, our main cast is Heather Matarazzo, amazing, you may know her from The Princess Diaries, which I'm pretty sure most people probably know her from, right? Yeah, that's how I knew her. I, I would think, right? Um, she was also in 54 with uh, Ryan Phillippe, which we did a long time ago. She was also in... What was she in? I'm trying to think what she's been in recently. I think she was in, like, a... What do you call it? Like, a Lifetime movie, Mm. I want to say. I'm looking this up now. I should have done this before. Um, She's been in a few... Actually, she's been in a fair amount of things. But I haven't seen her in that much since probably, like, the early 2000s. Oh, yeah, she was in Hot. She's in Saved. Oh, yeah, Saved. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Have you ever seen Saved? No. Have you ever? Oh. Would I like oh it? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It is so good. Okay. It is so fucking good. It's literally, like, about this girl. And it has, like, oh, my God. It has, like, Jenna Malone, Mandy Moore, Macaulay Culkin. It's so funny. Patrick Fugit. And it's, like, this girl goes to, like, a Christian high school and she becomes pregnant. And, like, all of her friends turn on her. <gasps> She's like, and there's like this weird, like, oh my God, it is hilarious. She's in that. It sounds like it's I would 2004. love it. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yeah, you would totally love it. Yeah, you would totally love it. It's really funny. Like, it, it's really, really funny. So I feel like you really like it. And I feel like there's also a, I'm trying to think if this is the movie. I can't remember because it's been a long time since I've seen it. There's also like something with like a conversion 
Like, I think one girl is... I think, like, either a guy... I think a guy thinks he's gay, and they, like... He tries to, like... (laughs) He tries to, like, sleep with this girl to try to, like... Um, you try to like restore him, like bring him back to like Christianity, but it like doesn't work. And then he tries, then he goes away to like conversion therapy. And it's like, uh, it's it's just like, it's really funny. Like it's not, I mean, conversion therapy is not funny, but the way that this film is like the satire of it is really hilarious. So if you like this movie, you'll totally love Saved. So that's another one. Nice. We definitely have to do on the pod. Um, Eric Mabius, also his film debut which is great. Uh, Ugly Betty fame. Uh, Cruel Intentions. He's the football player that says, what is this, grandma with a birthday present? Suck it, you dumb bitch. (laughs) That's him. Um, I actually love him, Greg. (laughs) That's his name in Cruel Intentions. And then Ugly Betty, which I did not watch, but you did. Oh my God. I I was like, I remember like, and this was like, I was about... um, like Don's age when that came out and like I just remember like going to my grandmother's house every week to watch that with her because I loved Ugly Betty I thought it was like such a cute I don't know I I related a lot to Ugly Betty (laughs) oh I've seen like maybe an episode or two but I definitely didn't keep up I think one of my friends was was really watching it because it was on for a while right yeah the first like couple seasons like that's all you really have to see the later seasons are like kind of bleh but um but it was it was a cute show from what i remember yeah i like america ferrera yeah like the girl who was betty i thought that was really cool um, we get Brendan Sexton the third, who some of you may know as Warren from Empire Records, which also came out in '95. I know him from Empire Records, also Boys Don't Cry, and but this was his first movie, so I'm assuming Empire Records was probably shot like right after this. But he always plays these kind of like guys. I, I don't know why mm-hmm. or like if he chooses these roles or if this was his earliest role. So maybe that's what he got like put into. Maybe he got like typecasted. Like that's what he got cast at. Yeah, possibly. Like I'm thinking because I'm like, why? But I haven't seen anything that he's done recently. Like he's done, um, he's in Russian Doll, that show that has Natasha Lyonne. Oh in it. yeah. It's on Netflix. I've only seen like the I haven't first seen that. Yeah, it's on my list to watch. Um, it says that he's in the Breaking Bad movie, El Camino, which is the one that came out, like, a few years ago, which I haven't seen. Oh, yeah. But everything that... Yeah, I mean, like, he does, like, darker stuff, but everything that I've seen him in from the 90s, his, he's always, like, really fucked up. And just, like, I don't... I mean, he's in Black Hawk Down, like, a military film with Josh uh, Hartnett. Oh, yeah. I forgot and about that movie. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, but Boys Don't Cry, I think... I mean, we have to do Boys Don't Cry. It's just, like, really upsetting. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so he's he's in that, too. But, I mean, he's done a lot. He's in Pecker, another film that's on the list to do. Uh, haven't seen it, in, like, forever. But yeah, so that's kind of crazy that he is also playing like the same name of his name. His name's like Brendan and he's playing like Brandon, which I thought was kind of funny. (laughs) Um, Matthew Faber, who is the brother, and Christina Brucato, who is the classmate. What's her name? I forgot what the classmate's name is. Like, not Cherry. Cookie. That's it. And Victoria Davis plays Lolita. I thought it was kind of funny that her name was Lolita. I was like, God, I love when she, when she like calls her name out and she's like, whatever Lolita. I was like, Oh shit. That's her name. (laughs) Um, cool. All right. So behind the scenes, did you find anything out? I I have a few things. Yeah. I actually didn't find anything out. I, uh, Oh, cool. I, w- I like, was lazy, so I apologize. <laughs> oh, no, that's all right. There actually is not a ton. I mean, this is one of those, like, sleeper 90s films that there just isn't, like, a ton of information about. But the main ones, the budget of this was 800K, which is apparently, like, about a million and a half to two million nowadays, um, which is kind of crazy. And it made... Five million. Oh wow! At the box office, yeah. So it actually did really well. Um, Rotten Tomatoes gives this a ninety-two. Damn. Nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. Audience score eighty-six. So even though I feel like now we're in this really big state of like 
I mean, this, we were talking earlier, like this could have never come out now, not in the same way. The fact that like people are still rating it really high, it means that there's not that there's not a market for it, but I feel like being like politically correct or like really careful with your words is just in a different, I don't know, I guess people still like this film because of when it was made and Mm. you can't change it. I mean, that's when it was made. There are so many slurs, especially the R one and the F one that we don't say the F one. We were never allowed to say like, it does show up in a fair amount of nineties things, TV movies, whatever. But that was just to be out there for people who were not around the nineties. That was never cool to say like the gay slur that begins with an F that was never an okay thing to say. I think I would hear it in class. Like boys would say it to each other and they would be like, uh, you know, like the teacher would, would say something. It wasn't anything that people just glossed over. Um, And the R word, I have to say, for people who are, like, mentally challenged, that one was fairly common. Like, that one, no one, for me, I was never told that, like, you shouldn't say that. Like, and you would use it as a verb. Like, you would use it to describe, like, a situation. There there are also some older people that I know who are, like, young, younger in that time period and will still use Mm -hmm. it. And I've, I've had to correct people. Like, and... Like, and to me, that's, like, a word where I'm, like, I don't care if I'm being an asshole to them or, like, making them feel uncomfortable. But it's, like, yo, it's 2022. Like, I get that it was, like, normal then. But just, like, don't say it anymore. And But but it was, yeah. it was totally, like, normal back then. Um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, that, that, that was, like, one thing that made this movie, like, it took a couple notches down for me. Like, just on, like, my, mm-hmm. like, my likability for the movie was just, like, the amount of F and R that, like, happened in the movie. Yeah. So I was like, this is excessive. <laughs> yeah, but, that's the thing. That's the only, like, down that I would really give it is, like, that and the, like, assault situation. Yeah. Like, we didn't... we I would rather him, like, threaten to, like, beat her up or... Uh, something other than that at that age yeah like does she even know what that means like i'm assuming that she does because just the way that she interacted with him in the second time that they like were together alone but like how did she even know what that meant yeah yeah that was when he said that to her yeah i was like uh i was like i don't want to watch this even like the bits where he was kissing her i was like i don't like yeah i don't like this i was like this is weird there was the one scene where um she, like, goes to his house, and she, like, goes mm-hmm. to, like, try and kiss him, and he, like, pushes her away, and he's like, no, yeah. I make the first move. And I was like, ew, this yeah. guy, this guy is so predatory. Like, I, I did not like yeah. him. No. Well, I mean, and I know you're not supposed to, but God. Well, and then it was also just, like, you feel so bad for her because, like, she's she's such a lonely girl that, like, she doesn't have, like this like sense of worthiness to be like wait a second I don't deserve to like put up with this like awful person um she just I think it's like wow this like this boy is like talking to me and is like paying attention to me and I was like oh no girl stay away I know and the fact that she's the middle child and her parents like treat her like shit and everyone cares about the older brother and the little sister. It's like, she doesn't even, she doesn't, but then she takes everything that she does, which is how you kind of see how bullies are made. It's when they're bullied and then they bully someone else Yeah. because that's how you like deal with it. So she starts to like bully her little sister and then kind of like totally write her off. And then not in a hilarious turn, but the way that they film it, it's hilarious that she's like, they said she gave the note to her sister and then they're like, the sister's gone. Yeah. <laughs> so like the way they transition, like I was like, Oh my God. And she's like, and the way they show Dawn, like, fuck, <laughs> like I was literally didn't mean for this to happen, but great. Of course. Now there's all this pomp and circumstance, even more about her sister. And she's like, well, oh my and god. And that's what, like, like, between, like, the assault, like, or almost assault scene and the kidnapping, I was like, holy shit, this movie yeah. is dark. This is a dark-ass yeah. movie. 
It's so dark and so dark that it won like the grand jury prize at the 96 Sundance Festival. And I believe Heather Montezaro won an independent spirit award for this too, which I was like, that's so, the thing is that's a real mind fuck for like, for Heather, like the act, the, you know, person to be kind of lorded over this role. That's like so like dark and depressing, but like, that's what people like respect you for, or that became your like calling card. It's just really weird that that is like the beginning and it definitely does something to you when you're like, Oh, you know, I mean, even think about like during filming of like kids, your age, like it's just a script, but like people calling you a dog and people calling you ugly and like, and then you're, your reputation, like you start, you're like, you're a child actor, you're a, you're a worker, you're working at a young age. And like, that has to affect your development. And like, I'm sure yeah. like, and like you were talking about, she was kind of like typecast a little bit afterwards. Like when she played in princess diaries, she played, you know, the underdog with, you know, mm-hmm. with Anne Hathaway and like that. Yeah. That's gotta be the, it's got to be tough. I can only imagine what it's like. Like, it almost kind of reminds me of, like, maybe to a degree of, like, what um, Jeanette McCurdy, like, experienced, you know? Yeah. Like, just having to play, like, the weirdo and, like, being known as as that. But I don't... There's so many. There's so many people like that, too. I don't know if you read the Jeanette McCurdy book, Um No, I didn't know. I mean, I have to say, I didn't know who she was because I think what she was in was a bit after like I was probably older or in high school and I didn't really know. Yeah. She was in, what was it like? An, was it Nickelodeon show? Was it iCarly? Yep. Yeah. It was? it was an iCarly. And I, that was a little bit, um, I was like right on the bridge of like age, like, like when it first started, I was like right at the old, older age of like Nickelodeon watchers. But then my sister was okay. seven years younger than me. So she would watch it a lot, and so I would watch it because my sister was watching it. And uh, oh, it's, like, okay. definitely a similar role where it's, like, kind of, like... Like, in her book, she was talking about how when she get casted for movies, she would get, like, the homely girl roles. Yeah. Because her face mm-hmm. was more homely and, like, things like that. And it's, like, that's got to, like, fuck someone up, like, when they're a child. Yeah. And, like, adults talking to them like that. Especially when you're not the, you don't have like a redemption. Yeah. And even with, even in, in Dawn and here, it's like nowadays, I feel like if they make, um, like for instance, this really reminds me of Pen15, that show you like. Yes. Um, but they don't give it like, it's, it's more sad. Like the thing is, I feel like throughout this movie, I was always waiting for like something good to finally happen to Dawn. And it just like never did. Mm -hmm. And I feel like nowadays when they, when they write things, like they may write the first half or like the first two acts of the film one way, but then, but then she has a redemption arc. Like you find out that she does have friends that, and like, she does have a situation, but you kind of leave the situation like in the same place you started. Yeah. Like, what is she going to be like in high school? You know, like this is not really going to end well. A true coming of age film. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It's like a realistic portrayal. And I guess now we do kind of pad things and kind of like, oh, but look, she has a great group of a chosen family. It's like not here. Yeah. She like essentially like tears down everything that that she had because she's just angry, and doesn't know how to channel it. And there wasn't really a thing about like psychology or therapist. You know what I mean? Like now there would be a different. She have you ever seen Prozac Nation? Oh, a long have you ever time seen ago. That movie? Yeah, with Christina Ricci. Oh, that's another one we have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's. A good it's one. not like that. Yeah, it's a, such a good one. It's not like that where she's like seeing therapists and she knows there's an issue and she needs help for it and she's acting out. It's like she's so young here. She's like you know, you just chalk it up to like oh she's just awkward and she's just weird. I mean I love shows like this. Like I love shows about like freaks and geeks. Obviously has like a female protagonist that's like weird that's like seen as like she doesn't know where she belongs but she still has friends 
Like she doesn't, she's not always on the outs, you know, she's like, I hope that Dawn grows up to be like Lindsay. <laughs> Lindsay yeah, Blair. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I really hope that she like grows out of her awkwardness. Um, let's see, IMDb gave this a 7.4 out of 10. So that's a bit lower than uh, Rotten Tomatoes. And let's see, the only other notes I have was this was filmed in West Caldwell, New Jersey and New York City. <laughs> I actually love when she gets on that bus and she yes. like goes to New York. <laughs> And then she has that dream. And then Where she, like, saves her sister. Yeah, and then she just, like, sees her, like, running down the, like, some guy, like, carrying her down yeah. the street. Like, help! And she's like, oh, my God! And then you find out it's a fucking dream. Um, and then also, I think what is kind of ironic about the whole situation is that Heather Montezaro, the actress, she said that this film, ironically, helped her realize her own homosexuality, and she's been a lesbian, like, for a while. God bless. <laughs> so yes, I find girl. that like <laughs> Yeah, I find that like kind of ironic that like yeah, that she she's like I didn't really know what was going on when I was filming the movie, but it actually helped me because <laughs> and also it really sucks too that when you think about I don't even know when the tide turned. It probably turned even after Mean Girls where being gay was an insult up for so long and now it's not but even in mean girls didn't they like yeah because she talks about um what's her name not janet janice yeah i was gonna say janet janice yeah she like says that about like you know i couldn't have her at my party she was a lesbian like she says it like it's like it's a bad thing like so what but i guess lesbian crush on you suck on that I couldn't have her at my party. People were going to be in their swimsuits. <laughs> like, I was like, oh my God. But even that, even in Mean Girls, granted it was funny, it was still like an insult. And in, and I don't know when, the, the tide must have turned like a few years after that where it wasn't like, who cares? It's not a big deal. But yeah, even in this one, it was like an insult when they asked her, you know, like, are you a lesbian? I was like, she's 12. Yeah. What, are she supposed to have like a fucking steady? Like, what? <laughs> Why would you say that? Are you? Like, you guys are all asking, like, why? Do you want to date? Like, why are you trying to ask me? It's so weird. Ridiculous. So weird. Okay, so let's get on to the meat of this, I think, is the fashion. Yes, the fashion. I mean, Melissa Toth, this is her first film that she did the costume design for. The other notable one that she did was Eternal Sunshine. How fucking cool is that? No way. Wow, uh-huh. she didn't, wow, she had she's successful. That's that's success yeah. right there. That's beautiful. <laughs> that totally is. It's so cool. So what are your standouts? There's so many. There, okay, so there was like one I'm like actually trying to look for the picture because I couldn't find like I forgot to take like a screenshot of it when I was watching it, but there was a, a classmate and it was the girl's birthday, like and when mm-hmm. when once his name was like, Oh, do I get an invite? And he's like, I saved you oh, my cookie. Yeah. She had on, she was monochromatic hot pink with these, uh, like, hot pink Doc Martin type of looking boots. And her whole outfit was so cool. And I was like, oh, I wish I could wear this. And then um, another one that I really liked um, was something Dawn was wearing. And it's this top that um, it's kind of like that 50s, 60s-esque top that, like, kind of goes, like, right above the shoulders. and um, Oh, has, the pink one? Yeah, and it's, like, this, the big collar. Um, I love that mm-hmm. shirt, and I think that's super cute. And um, a little um, standout that I absolutely love are her uh, zip-up onesie, like, the her like pjs it's like zip up pjs the the footsies the footsies yes yeah yeah they're so cool i would i love like everything she looks so fucking cool and like obviously (laughs) like like, her um like like, i don't know if this is like on your list but obviously the outfit that she wears for her parents anniversary like i would wear that in a heartbeat (laughs) that's the classic yeah, it's like the classic outfit. That'd be such a good um, Halloween costume. Oh, that would be. <laughs> For you to be like... Um, I'm also like a side note from Halloween costumes. I'm also like... I mean, like everyone else in the world, since this is coming out in like a few days, I'm like completely wrapped up in this Don't Worry Darling, which is uh, drama, which is great to like keep me off of like other things going on in my life. And I'm just like... This, it, so there's a really funny meme that was like a photo of all of them at the Venice Film Festival. And it was like me trying to convince my friends that like, this is our Halloween costume this year. 
And I was like, oh my god. Like, because it's, it's like the drama surrounding this. I don't give a fuck about this movie. I could care less. But this drama around it, I don't even care if it's fake. If it's fake, it's the best PR campaign of all time. Because every day and every minute we're talking about this fucking movie that apparently isn't even reviewed to be that great. So I just, just like another thing I was just thinking about, like Halloween costumes. And I was like, that would be so good. That would be amazing. That that stuff has been crazy. And honestly, like, even if people say it's, like, bad publicity, like, I think it's going to help the movie. Like, I don't think the movie – I mean, granted, I know nothing about this movie. But knowing me, I'd probably be like, eh, not my thing. Um, but I bet mm-hmm. it's, it's going to help it. Oh, totally. People are going to see it just based on all this, like, hubbub about it. Like, that's, it's, I mean, I think it could be on purpose. I think this could just be a massive PR campaign. That's my thing. Yeah. And they, and they're all in on it. And they're all, and let's be real, they're all actors. Yeah. (laughs) So they can make you believe that there's tension and there's all these problems going on, knowing full well there isn't. And they just know all this is leading up to, like, opening weekend and everyone wants to see can we see it on screen can we see them having this weird situation it's just like what happened with mr and mrs smith it was like all the press surrounding it was like the movie was fine but it was like we want to see brad and angelina on the screen and we want to see if we can tell that they were together before and like all this so i mean yeah that's essentially like what's going on but it's just even crazier because we have the internet (laughs) and it just happens like all the time like someone says something all the time which is really we just like get to streamline it yeah yeah okay what 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 is your list Okay, first I have to say that the first outfit that she's wearing when she's in the cafeteria and she has the pink off-the-shoulder blouse and that floral twill skirt and the glasses, I literally dressed just like this. I have really embarrassing class pictures. I'll take a picture of it. Please Um, do. I used to wear, like, there's this one class picture. I think I was in the fifth grade. And I'm wearing this, like, white button-up shirt and a purple corduroy pleated skirt and, like, white Reeboks. With, like, white socks. I mean, in retrospect, that actually was not a bad outfit. But I just felt like a dork because everyone else was wearing, like, biker shorts and, like, graphic tees. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Play, playing around on, like, the jungle gym. And I was, like, couldn't swing on the bar because I had a skirt on. And I was like, <laughs> Mom, this is lame. Like, everyone wears, like, boxer shorts under their skirts. Like, that's when I figured out that that's what the girls were doing. Yeah. Um, But I didn't w- wasn't doing that yet. So, yeah, it was, like, a really <laughs> funny outfit. Or I'd wear, I had, like, headbands. And, like, I love the baubles that she has in her hair. Yeah. She always has those, like, balls. I yeah, had that, I like I had too. stuff like that. I yeah, had, I had like, that for a long time too. My hair always got fucking tangled in that shit. Those are literally awful. Oh, they hurt like, taking they them will, back to the yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it's a real hazard. <laughs> like those those barrettes. That's oh, like a real fucking hazard. For real. Um yeah, it's crazy. I also like that she wears uh socks and like loafers with everything. Yes. Like, with her dresses, with her skirts. I thought that was really cool. Um, I like the graphic, like, the funny graphic tees she has, like, with her shorts. She has, like, a purple one with these blue shorts. She has that smiley face t-shirt that she has on with, like, blue shorts at one point. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember that one. It's cool. Yeah. The mom's jacket in the principal principal's <gasps> office. Oh, my I God. Loved. That I love that jacket is amazing. <laughs> that, yeah. That jacket, when I saw that, I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. I want that. I actually, like Napoleon Dynamite. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I fucking want... I, I actually need to thrift and find this jacket. This is my fall goal right now. I'm oh, writing it down. Lauren? Find this type of jacket. You can probably find it on Depop now, but I remember I was on tour. Um, like, I think it was my first ever tour, and we were in Columbus, Ohio. And we went to this one thrift store. It was, like, in a basement. And they had this entire rack, like I'm talking like at least like 60, 70 of like those kinds of jackets Um, there. Yeah. So we should go there. We should do a a weekend trip to to Columbus, Ohio. (laughs) Yeah, we should do like an overnight or like a weekend of like Pennsylvania and Ohio thrift and then just back. Yes. Yes. That would be fine. Like. The three of us could go. Me, you, and Jai could go. We could easily get, like, a hotel room and, you know, like, padlock the fucking door. Yeah. Even, like, <laughs> like just, like, okay. Air, Airbnb that shit, you know? 
Yeah, and just like chill out and go thrifting. That's where the good thrift is. Everyone out there, it's not in the big cities. Yeah, no, it's always in like smaller places and ever ever since I went to New York one time to thrift, um, I was like a size I think like four at the time, and I like tried on this dress, and then I was like, oh shit, this dress, the zipper's broken. So, like, I went out to the girl. It, this was a, a Beacon's Closet, by the way. Oh, jeez. And, and... I already got triggered when you said that. And I was like, I was like, oh, man. Um, I, like, put this dress on, and then I realized the um, the zipper had broken, and she was like, honey, I think you did that. Like, <gasps> like implying... Not a mean girl's moment. Implying... <laughs> yeah, the mean... Yeah. I literally, yeah, she was telling me I was too fucking fat for this dress. And I have never been into a Beacon's closet ever since because that bitch ruined it for me. (laughs) Fuck that. That is literally the fucking mean girls moment. Yes. She can't set the dress up. It's just like, you might want to try Sears. Yeah, I stop. It was awful. Oh, no. It was awful. That's another bad thing. Yeah. So so go to Ohio because uh, they won't do that to you there. (laughs) Yeah, and it's probably cheaper. Oh, much. You won't cheaper. be paying like double at like yeah, like curated thrift, which is what they same with like Depop and like all those like Poshmark. I find some things on there, but I'm like, you always just have to fucking go. Now everyone just scours thrift stores. Yeah, but yeah, and like just curates them and sells them for like regular price. Like that jacket that the mom has on, which is like, oh my god, it has like shoulder pads too, which is even better. It's amazing. That would probably be like 150 or like $200 on some fancy thrift wet like website. Someone who's like curated it because they would style it all cool and they would probably say it's like some vintage blah 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 when you could probably get it for like 20 bucks. Yeah, no, honestly, somewhere. like like, I, I have never shopped on Depop. I understand that, like, you can find cool things on there, but I just don't like the idea of, like, some someone going into, like, a thrift store because I remember, like, not being able to, like, afford cool mall clothes. Yeah. And so I would go to the thrift store because I would find cool things, and, like, it was, like, $2. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and I, I don't know. I just think this generation, like, doesn't get what thrifting is. <laughs> We also didn't grow up with, like, fast fashion yeah. like there is now. Mm-hmm. Especially, fa- we did have fast fashion. Let's not, like, you know, let's not act like we didn't. We had, like, the Forever 21s, and, like, like that came around, I think, when I was in, like, high school. Yeah, and, like, yeah. We had, like, H&M and shit like that. But ne- we didn't have online. We didn't have, like, uh, what is it, Sheen and, like, Fashion Nova. Like, shit that's so cheap. Yeah. That's literally, like, $2. Like, we didn't have that. Mm-hmm. So that was, like, the place to go was the thrift store. And it was so cool because I used to get like random shit I was obsessed and I still am but I haven't bought any while but I was obsessed with finding like tour jackets like oh, I have cool. one from like this random 80s tour of like some band but I was I'm still obsessed with finding like tour shirts or tour jackets and people would be like oh that's so cool and I always love being like oh I got it at a thrift store like you can't get it yeah like, I'm the only one who has it you know <laughs> which is super cool instead of like everyone having everything which is nuts um, let's see. Another one I liked was I liked how Steve was like very 70s. There's just one, I think the last scene he's in, he has this like 70s polyester like floral shirt and like white pants. Oh, when he like gets yeah. into his car. I thought that was really cool. Also his Hawaiian shirt outfit. Oh, his like yeah. pink Hawaiian shirt. I liked that. I thought that was cool. Um, I love that she has like the I think it's the one where she goes to like that abandoned place with Brendan or Brandon. And it's like poke. It's a polka dot shirt with a collar that has the same pattern that matches the skirt that has like the suspender straps. Like it's it's like a set. It's It's so, I love that she has sets. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, and then of course the anniversary party outfit. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's the classic welcome to the dollhouse. Yeah. Like I love it. It's so cool. Yeah, that's yeah. all I have for fashion. I also really like that cute little dress. Like, it's like a blue dress. It's like when um, when What's-His-Name is trying to copy her paper. And it's, oh, like, yeah. it's like a blue floral dress. Like, yeah, I, I definitely think this is a fashion movie. These, these pieces are great. They are so good. They're so real. Yeah. Like, they're just... I feel like I was watching it being like... 
I'm also highly triggered because I had those same glasses, like the same frames. Like those were the glasses that like young girls got. It was like this pink. And I remember my mom said that when I got the glasses, like um, my dad like went and took me to get glasses. And when I came back, came back home and, and I was like, mom, look, I got glasses. And she was like, oh, <laughs> and I was wearing like literally the same glasses. Like I have a picture and, and yeah, I have worn glasses since I was like seven or eight. So, like, I had those up until, I mean, I was probably, like, 14, maybe, before I got, like, other frames. I got, like, cool black, like, nerdy frames when nerd frames were cool. But I still wasn't that cool. So it wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> didn't really come off like that. But, but I had, like, the nerdy black, like, thick rims because they were coming back. Yeah, those yeah, were. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't that cool. <laughs> I didn't look that cool in them. I remember. Um, okay. Ugh, yes. Oh, yeah, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going off of the glasses trail of, like, I remember I always liked the clear glasses, um, Mm -hmm. and I had, like, these, like, it was when, like, the, uh, the Buddy Holly type of glasses were coming back, Mm -hmm. and all the hipsters were wearing them, but I, like, really wanted these clear ones, and I got, they were, like, clear, they were, like, translucent red like big thick red ones and like I they were no one thought they were cute but I freaking loved those glasses and I no regrets no regrets that's so cool that sounds cool though that sounds really cool like red they were cool I kind of wish I kept the frames I have no idea what happened to them but yeah, I have some old frames and I'm like, I should just get these lenses switched. Yeah. Like, fuck it. Yeah. I'm like, I wore these a long time ago. They can't be that bad. I have these like really weird blue ones. I had like blue tinted glasses. Oh, cool. That had my prescription in them. Yeah. And I found them the other day. I was like, I should just get these switched. These are really like weird and kind of cool. Yes. Or just get, just get like non prescription lenses so I can just wear them with my contact. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about it. But I was like, shit, I should totally do that. These are cool. Um, cool. Speaking of cool, let's move on to Muzak. Muzak. So, I'm, I, I usually, like, love this part of the, um, of the pod, but I only have mm-hmm. one song. Same. It's, uh, Welcome to the Dollhouse. Oh, nice. Mine's Debbie Gibson, Lost in Your Eyes. Oh, nice. <laughs> love she, it. She also did the music <laughs> with Jill, Jill Wysoff. Yeah, they did the music together. Wait, was that it's the song? Kind of- was that the song that she puts on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> um, and this is actually does have a soundtrack. It was released in 96, and it's $60 new on Amazon <gasps> if you wanted to buy it. I looked that up. Oh, my God. That's a lot of the instrumentals and stuff. Yeah. The made-up anniversary song was pretty good. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. With the band, yeah. It's kind of, the band is really funny. Like, all the songs that the band sings, like the fake band. I thought that was really good. I, I loved like yeah. when they were trying to do um they're trying to do like a Rolling Stones cover and it like they're like, wait, this doesn't sound like the Rolling Stones. Like what are we doing wrong? <laughs> and it's like cause he has like the wrong type of clarinet or whatever, whatever he's uh-huh. playing. And I thought that was hilarious. But I, I I genuinely think the Welcome to the Dollhouse song is like pretty good. Yeah, it is really good. And speaking of clarinets, go listen to Bjork's new single. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I know. I gotta listen to her podcast. I, I oh. gotta like. I've been just doing so much that I'm just like. I need to like sit and listen. I can't be like doing other things because I won't listen as intently. But I yeah, have you listened to them? Oh yeah, I listened to them like the the first morning they came out. I just listened to them consecutively. <laughs> oh my god! The new one came out today. I think. Oh really? Oh, I thought it was by... Yeah, I think it's Vespertine. Oh, my God. Okay, well, I'm yeah, super Vespertine's excited. Uh, yeah, I listened to all three. It was, like, everything a super fan wants and needs out of a podcast. Um, it was it was super good. I highly recommend it. And the song is so interesting. Like... It's so cool. Like, and the music video is insane. I mean, but could we expect anything less we got um, a mushroom like we got a mushroom rave like literal people dressed as mushrooms with like crabs on their head like how more avant-garde can you get like i i love it it was i love her mommy delivered she really did and i feel like 
people aren't, I mean, I guess the thing about it that's so cool is that she has like her core fans who are like super, super in. And it's like when she releases something new, it's like, like all of us are like, oh my God, she's back. Yeah. Like, what's she doing? Cause she just never hear from her and not about what she's working on until she's ready. And it's like, she's like the, she's like the, the like Beyonce of the indie world. Like, She's like, you know, when she drops something, people are like, oh my God, you know, that's how like Beyonce is in like the popular culture. It's that's like, you so don't hear true. From her and all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden something comes out, you know, not that I'm in any way comparing Bjork to Beyonce because for God's sake, Bjork was around way before <laughs> Beyonce was around. But like in that same way they release and like put their music out there in this world that is so immediate and so like you know like not on social media like not using the typical channels but still controlling their own like artistic flow which is really rare totally but they've earned that you know she's definitely earned that bjork has yeah sorry anyways we've divulged um yeah we've we've gone off track but there's not a ton (laughs) of music in this i mean it is but there isn't at the same time, there isn't like a 90s soundtrack. Also probably because there was $800,000. I doubt they had the rights yeah. to really like get a whole lot of stuff. But but yeah, so let's move on to the other meet. Favorite scenes and lines. What do you got? Oh my, one second. Um, let, me, let me get this up because I wanted to say it properly. Where is it? Uh-oh. I was like, I don't even know I'm going to name this episode. I'm hoping I'm going to find out. Um, one of my favorite, wait, are we doing quotes or scenes? Oh, either one. Yeah, you can pick. Or do one and one. You can do a scene and then a quote. So, uh, one of my, like, favorite quotes was when Don and Steve are, like, looking at at pictures. And Don is like, oh, Steve, they're all so beautiful. And Steve's like, I'm thinking of using this one as my first album cover. I was like, good lord, help me. This is like a Napoleon Dynamite scene. Like, <laughs> yeah, it really is. It like really, really is. Like that, that, oh that whole interaction, I just thought was so fucking hilarious. Like she's so funny. Yeah. And then I would, yeah. What was one of your favorite quotes? Um, okay, my first one was, my first, like, favorite scene and everything was, like, when, uh, she's at the dinner table and the mom says, you're not leaving this table until you tell your sister you love her. And she, like, (laughs) stays all night. (laughs) They flash to, like, at nighttime and she's still sitting there and then the mom's like, go to bed. (laughs) Gets off and leaves. That's one of my, that was, like, my first favorite one. I thought that was so funny. That's amazing. Um... I think, like, one of my favorite scenes, too. I don't know why, but I just, like, my favorite scenes were the ones with Steve and Dawn. Um, I think because I, there's something, like, kind of funny about just, like, kids. Like, she's a little literal child, but, like, just, like, having Uh this, like, this crush on this older boy. And she's just watching him eat these, like, fish sticks. Like, she she makes him a whole tray. And she's just watching him. And you can, like... Like, like, one thing that I really, like, noticed was, um, typically with, like, some movies, there's a lot of, like, sound canceling that goes on with, like, just, like, the atmosphere, the AC. But this movie, like, this scene in particular, you could hear the AC unit. You could hear his clothes moving. And you could hear him chew these fish sticks while she's staring at him. And I thought it was so funny. Like, I I loved it. I was like, I, that is one of my favorites too. <laughs> I love when she, when he comes to the door and then she's like, Hey, yeah, my brother's not here, but like, if you want to wait and he's like, and she's like, I got leftovers in the fridge. And he's like, what, what is it? And then he, she's like, Oh, come follow me. And then like, as she like went, as she, is this totally what happens when you have like a crush on someone, her voice like goes up like an octave yeah. and she gets like really nervous and she's like, um, do you want fruit punch or it's like, is this okay? And she's just like running around like this manic state all over the kitchen like trying to get him like whatever he wants and it was just so funny like the whole interaction was so funny oh my I love gosh it. yeah no he's I... like well i guess i should go she's like no no they'll be back soon <laughs> it's, like, it's okay like it's funny i feel like i like we, we were discussing this like last night like i feel like i had so many of those just like awkward moments where like i had a crush on like an older like, boy, like, my, one of my friends had, like, uh, two twin brothers, and, like, one of the, oh both of them, they were both fucking assholes, and, like, they weren't even that cute, but, like, one would give me attention sometimes, and then I would just, like, eat it up, and I, like, I had such a crush on him for, like, two whole weeks, um, 
and then uh, and then I had a, a crush on a teacher, uh, but he ended up being a conservative, so <laughs> that didn't end oh well. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. But you just had a crush on him, like nothing ever. Like you didn't say anything oh, to him. No, but, no, like, no, no. It was a like, very oh, a crush on you. It was so innocent. It was like very, very innocent. Like he just listened to Mazzy Star, so I thought he was a cool teacher. But he also he also was uh, was pro life and like had some real, real, like, bad uh, takes on that. So luckily, um, luckily, like, 13, 14-year-old Julia was like, oh, he's gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, how do you go from Mazzy Star to, like, fucking right? uh, like, I was like, it was so weird. So weird. I had a crush on my friend's older brother. And when we would go, like, we would go for, like, sleepovers or whatever. I guess we were, like, 13. And he was, like, a typical grunge dude. And he, him and, like, his friends. I remember one time we came over and he was doing, he had, like, a pull-up bar on his door frame. <laughs> and we, like, were, I was, like, I have to go to the bathroom. So, I, like, went upstairs and he was literally doing, like, pull-ups on the fucking door frame. And then I was, like, oh, my God. I, like, went to the bathroom. I was, like, so nervous. I come back to that. I was, like, oh, my God. He's doing pull-ups on the door frame. And then the other guys, like, in the room and they're talking about, like, grunge singer and like Eddie Vedder and Kurt Cobain and I was like and this is now probably answers a lot of questions about why I was like I was like I'm gonna go home and listen to more Nirvana so I could like say something and I would hear like songs coming from the room being like hey yeah uh, this is the new Pearl Jam yeah cool like oh god how lame but I mean I don't know what they're doing now I have no idea what they're doing now hopefully they didn't end up hopefully they didn't end up like on the other side but you know it's like it's so funny um, that's so funny. Yeah, I had that same one about Steve. Oh my god, another one of my favorite scenes was during that assembly when the girl's talking about her kidnapping story <gasps> and how, like, Don gets all these spitballs, like, lot, like, all these spitballs. Like, it's, okay, the torture that they inflict on this girl throughout the film is so abhorrent and crazy. But like, also, spitballs were so normal back then. Uh-huh, in the straw. The yep. I love how she, she like she gets all of them. I mean, she has like tons of them in her hair, and they're sitting behind her. It's like these three boys, including Brandon. And then I love how she like turns around as the girl is like, "Oh my god!" So he like pushed me in the van, and like it's like these two crazy things are happening at once. But like it's so funny the way she like turns around and like grabs the straw, grabs the <laughs> straw, like yanks it out of his hand, and starts like making the like making her own, and then like doing a spitball, and then fucking Lynn almost blinding the teacher like it's just like oh my god and, oh and then god. after 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 they talk in the principal's office you just see the teacher with like something covering her eye and i was like oh my yeah. god <laughs> like it's just really it's just like so funny it's like everything like shitty that could happen like happens like oh. it's just like it's so fucking funny i also love when she goes to talk to like she finds out that like ginger hooked up with Steve and Ginger's like her age group or like maybe a year older, but she's like the fast girl. Oh, and she yeah. like talks about, she's like, yeah, she's like, we finger fucked. Why? Who told you? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, My brother. She's like, hangs out at like the seven 11 and like talking to these guys who are definitely like 20, yeah, like yeah. way old. Like I just, that was really funny the way they like showed her and the way they kind of like put her in the story there. I thought that was a really funny, uh, really funny yeah she she was a funny character like I, i'm glad that she had a little like just like a five minute it was kind of a uh i don't know it was like kind of like comic relief in a way yeah it totally was i was also the the famous quote you think you're hot shit but you're just cold diarrhea <laughs> like that's that's like one of the ones i remembered watching it the first time i was like oh my god <laughs> Um, God, I wrote, I also wrote, why are her parents such cunts about tearing down this clubhouse yeah. in the backyard? Like, what? <laughs> they they so were weird? awful about that. I thought that was so mean. It was really mean for their fucking selfish purpose of having an anniversary party in the back, well, in the and backyard. And they could have been like, hey, like, if you like this, how about after the anniversary party, we make you an even better new one, you know, like, like compromise with the kid instead of just being like, we're going to take the one thing that you love and enjoy. They hate her. Yeah. Like her parents seem like they hate her, mm -hmm. like for no reason at all. Everyone seems like they do. And she has the one friend 
And like, I think he's supposed to be, I mean, I don't know if he's like out, but I think they kind of allude to the fact that like he could be gay, right? Her friend who gets tortured uh, yeah, for it. Yeah. Is it Ralphie? Is that his name? I think it's like Ralphie or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something. His name. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just like, it, she's mean to him. Like, she's just like, I don't want to talk to him. He's da-da-da-da. And she, like, calls him the F word. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I know she's taking this out on, like, you know, she doesn't mean this in this way. But it just feels, like, not so cruel. Yeah. Like, that's, like, her friend, you know? And they have a clubhouse together. And, like, you know, I was like, oh, sad. It kind of shows, like, the, uh, like, middle school pressures of just being accepted, too. Like, like I feel Mm -hmm. like kids kids are just so, like, brutal. And, like, their brain isn't fully formed. And they just, like, do – they do mean shit. And I don't even think a lot of them understand, like, how mean they they are being because they just, like – they're just trying to fit in. Yeah, it's true. It's just like, it's sad. I mean, it's, and it really sucks too. Cause when you're that young, no matter how much someone tells you, like, don't worry, it gets better. Like when you're older, like, first of all, that's kind of sort of a lie. It doesn't really get better per se. It gets more like complicated and not as overt which is what you kind of have to like figure out Mm -hmm. is that like things will still happen to you, but it doesn't happen as like as much of a non filter as it does when you're young and you don't have that filter and you can like say whatever you want. It happens behind your back and it happens in like other ways that are weirder, but it's like no matter how much an older person or someone says like, Oh man, just wait till you get out of high school. Like things will be great. Like you still don't, you can't take it in because you're like, well, I'm in high school now and this is my everyday life, you know? Yeah. Like, this is what I have to deal with. So this isn't really helping me, you know? Well, and it's, it's kind of crazy. It's like when you're that young and they're like, oh, it'll get better. But it's like, you don't have much to go off of. Like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, like that, you know, it's that feels like the biggest thing of your world, like right there, right yeah. now. <laughs> And your school is so much of your life, you know, like you're there for so, you know, like all of your day, you know, like you have to deal with this. It's not. And then especially when you go home and you have to deal with it, too. Like, that's just crazy. It's not like she has a great, you know, time to go home and she's like, oh, good. I don't have to deal with that. It's like she's got it all around. Like, there's no escape from it. You know, it sucks. It's really sad. Um, The Another one where she says. (laughs) <laughs> where the cops are like, she claims to have given her the note about <laughs> her sister not, not getting picked up. And then, of course, when they're like, they found your sister's tutu in Times Square. Oh, God. And I was like, oh, my God. And that's when she, like, gets on the bus. I love how, like, she gets on the bus, tries to look for her sister. When she sleeps overnight in New York City on the fucking street, gets up in the morning, calls the house and talks to the brother. And she's like, what's going on? Is everything okay? And she's like, I'm trying to look for for Missy. And they're like, oh yeah, Missy's here. Apparently some neighbor who's like a pedophile teacher or whatever the fuck, like stole her and like had her in some basement room. But she kind of is sad because she had her own TV there. I was like, oh my God. Like, this is crazy. Uh, Honestly, and then she- <laughs> it was a bit relieving when that happened because they were like, they're like, yeah, I don't even think he did anything weird to her. I think he just like videotaped her like doing a couple plies. And I was like, yeah. I was like, thank fucking God. <laughs> yeah, I think she asked, like, wasn't she like, was she raped? And then she's like, no. The brother's like, no, she's fine. That's what he was like, yeah, she's fine. I was like, oh my God. And then he's like, she's like, can I talk to mom? And then you flash over to the, like the living room and they're like, there's a camera. And she's like, no, well, mom is like getting interviewed. She's about to get interviewed. Can you call back? Meanwhile, like they don't give a fuck that she's been gone. And she's like, yeah. 12. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I was like, that's just so crazy. It's just nuts. And then at the end, we get like all the kids saying like wiener dog as she's like describing what happened to her sister and how like traumatic it was and they all are just like wiener dog wiener dog and I was like what how are they letting this go on (laughs) like it's like the torture of this girl is accepted even the teachers like she got detention because she was narking out this guy trying to copy her paper yeah and 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 she's like (laughs) 
And then the grade grubbing essay. Oh my god, that was uh-huh. giving me PTSD just watching that. Yeah, like, I was like, what the fuck? You punish the snitch? Like you learn early that like you don't snitch because like the teacher is like have some dignity, have some respect. I was like, yeah. what? Good lord! Wow, what torturous fucking teachers. That's nuts. I still have no idea what I'm going to call this episode. Did you have any other uh, scenes and lines? Um, I'm trying to think of any other scenes. What yeah, I said I call I, this. Ooh, we'll we'll text mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, I got some time. I really hope everyone enjoyed it. This is yeah. kind of like. This yeah, is. I mean, also. Just what I said before, Mark, her brother, says, all of junior high sucks. High school's better. It's closer to college. They'll call you names, but not as much to your face. Yeah. So it's like, he pretty much says it, too. I mean, that's, that's pretty true. Like, I, I feel like the big takeaway from this movie is, like, you could not pay me a million dollars to go back to being in seventh grade. Like, no, never. When I like this movie, kind of gives me like a little bit of um, like validation to how awful like middle school and early high school was for me. Um, but it seems like you know if this movie was made and it was done so well, uh, it must be a fairly regular occurrence. Oh. Totally. And it might be, it's worse now with social media. Oh my God. Yeah, like it's one thing to be able to like deal with this shit in like your school situation. You can go home. Granted her home life is not great, but she has the clubhouse where she can escape. But now it's like people torture you online and like make up stuff about you. And like, you can't really combat it because you're just like, no, that's not true. But as we've learned in the last few years, like if it's already out there, it's like hard to take it back. Yeah. It's hard to get people to believe that, no, this isn't true. They lied. Well, how do you know? Prove it. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just nuts. I'm glad I, I'm not that age right now. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if I could take it. I really don't. I'd have to not have a phone. Yeah. I would be like, I don't want a phone. Like, I don't want anyone contacting me at all. Or if I did, I wouldn't tell anyone that I had one. Yeah. So, like, no one would know the number or something. Because I'd just be, like, so paranoid. Someone would, like, send, send some shit or say something crazy. Like, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, kids are. But yeah. Kids are evil. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. Of course, this has been fun. As always, like and subscribe, review five stars on Spotify and on Apple. I forgot to mention that in the beginning, too. I have to put like a post it on my computer so I'll remember to say it or make like a little clip so I can and just insert it in there. Join that Patreon. Join the Patreon, because, yeah, I want to do, like, way more shit. So the more people that are there, the more shit we'll do. So, yeah, Uh, it should be fun, and we'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye.